get rid of bitterness and you will be healed. Hello, my wonderful friends. This is Joseph Helen here, bringing you a beautiful episode on healing. If you get rid of bitterness, you shall be surely healed. Bitterness is that consistent, persistent feeling of pain and a dull ache that never goes away. It is fed by resentment. It makes you resent the way somebody treated you or the way somebody acted towards you or against you. And as you get deeper into resentment and as you feed that unforgiveness, you start feeling a bitter taste in your mouth and a bitter feeling in your heart. And if that is left unchecked, it will totally defile you and bring sickness in your body. Bitter people have all manner of ailments. And I want to help you today to get rid of bitterness. Okay, so when people face difficulties, they tend to get bitter. And resentment that's unchecked grows into bitterness. So if you resent somebody and you don't quickly deal with it through forgiveness and through seeking of healing from the Holy Spirit, that particular resentment will lead to bitterness. So yes, resentment will come when people treat you badly, but please deal with it quickly. Get rid of it really fast. Don't hold resentment against anyone because the longer you hold it, the more it ferments and then it becomes bitter and it starts hurting you. It becomes acidic. It starts burning you from within and that brings disease. And if there's already disease, it makes that disease worse. It exacerbates problems that are already pre-existing in your life. But if you get rid of bitterness and the first way to do so is by forgiving people, I tell you, you will find yourself getting healthier and stronger. Your eyesight will be restored. Okay, your organs will start functioning normally. Most cases of diabetes arise from bitterness. You'll find people who failed in business or people who were attacked in one way or the other and that attack caused them to lose something they really, really cherished. When such a person fails to forgive and to resolve that conflict from within them, and they start blaming people for their present circumstances and situation, their organs begin to fail. And it always starts with the kidneys. And you find somebody has kidney failure, somebody has diabetes and things like that. If people who are suffering diabetes would also, apart from seeking help, whether it's medical or spiritual, if they would also release those they are resentful against, those they are bitter against, if they could release fear, if they could renounce it, I renounce fear in Jesus' name, if they could renounce bitterness. I renounce bitterness in Jesus' name. If they could renounce resentment, I renounce the resentment I've held against Mr. So-and-so or Miss So-and-so who did XYZ to me. If they could do that, they would get healed much faster. All right? Of course, it is appreciated that, that when a person is having, for example, peripheral neuropathy, when their senses are no longer as acute as before, they somewhat become uh, cauterized in their hearts and insensitive as well. That's appreciated. But that does not mean that you can't forgive when people hurt you. Uh, you can't release resentment. You can't release bitterness. So it's important for any person to release bitterness. Now, there's a woman called Hannah in the Bible. Hannah means God's grace. So she was created with grace. Her name was Grace. Remember, in those days, they named people based on the occurrences of the day. So if an angel visited somebody, then they named their child after that angel. If there was something, an occurrence, 
they named people based on that occurrence. You know, there are people who are called Mara, which means bitter. You know, that's where the, the word, the name Mary or Maria come from. It means bitter. My bitterness, their bitterness and stuff like that. So when things were difficult and bitter, somebody would be named such a name. Of course, it wasn't wise really to call somebody bitter. But that's the best they knew those days. Now that you know better, and now that you know that death and life are in the power of the tongue, I know that you will not name your child something negative. Neither will you name your business something that's negative. Neither will you name uh, your homestead or something that you like using a name that is negative, a name that will not help you. So Hannah comes from Hanan, and Hanan means God's grace, or Hen, which is favor that makes you accepted, elegant, and charming. So that those were the meanings of the name Hannah, yet she was bitter. Why was she bitter? She was bitter because the husband married a second wife, so there were two wives, you see. So there were two wives, and the Bible does not tell us who the first or the second was, and if the Bible does, I've not read that one yet. Um, so she was feeling uncomfortable sharing the husband with this woman. And during those days, it was okay to have more than one wife. You notice David had many of them. Abraham had many of them as well. Actually, he had two, Sarah and Hagar. And later when Sarah died, he married Keturah. And uh, most people in the Bible days had lots of wives. But uh, Hannah was bitter as a result of this. And that bitterness cost this woman called Penina, who was the co-wife, to vex her. The thing is that Hannah is the one that Elkanah, the husband, loved the most. Penina was just there. And uh, Penina somewhat gave birth, had children. Those days it was important for women to get children because the Israelites needed to grow in numbers. There was strength in numbers because they needed to defend their territory by giving birth to lots of children who would then become soldiers to defend their territory. They did not have all the technological advancements we have today. So they needed to have the numbers. Having numbers meant a secured border, you see. So it was important for people to give birth and to give birth, you know, quite a lot. So Penina had children, but Hannah didn't have children. As a result, Penina began to vex Hannah. So Hannah became even more bitter. The same thing happened to Sarah. When Hagar conceived and Sarah didn't have a child, Hagar became proud and began to vex Sarah. And the same thing happened to, uh, to Rachel and Leah. Leah was hated by Jacob, but God opened her womb and she gave birth to children. But Rachel didn't have children, so there was enmity between the two women consistently and, and bitterness. In fact, so much so that Rachel ended up dying as a result, as a result of that bitterness. This same bitterness affected Elisha the prophet, he was so bitter that at a certain point the Lord couldn't even talk to him because bitterness had defiled him. Why? Because he didn't like the king of Israel. When there was a war and he was consulted, he couldn't get a word for the king of Israel and the king of Judah until he had to get a musician to play music. And it's when music was played and the ambience and the atmosphere became prophetic, that's when the Lord spoke through him. So bitterness is what ultimately ended up messing up Elisha and he died quite prematurely and things like that. So bitterness is a horrible thing to have. So Hannah was bitter as a result, but she did something good that I'd like you to copy. Hannah went to the temple and poured out, his, um, poured out her heart, pardon me, she poured out her heart unto 
the Lord. She did not pour out her heart against Penina like most people do. They say, I'm going to give you a piece of my mind. You're joking with me. Yeah? Don't give away pieces of your mind. You'll end up leaving the place mindless. You know, you lose your mind if you give away so many pieces of it to people. All right. So she didn't go fighting Penina, who was like her enemy. She did not go complaining. She wasn't a grouch. She went to God and she went to the temple of God and that's where she went and talked. So in the book of 1 Samuel 1 verse 10, the Bible says, And she was in bitterness of soul and prayed unto the Lord and wept sore. She was bitter as a result of her predicament, her situation, her circumstance. But she prayed unto the Lord. She took that bitterness to the Lord. So if you feel bitter because somebody has messed up your business or somebody has destroyed your marriage or somebody has killed someone close to you or some person ran over your child using their truck or their car and you've been bitter against such a person, pour out that feeling to the Lord. Say, Father, I feel pain. I feel bitter in my heart as a result of what this person did against me. But I also choose to follow your word by forgiving them and releasing them. But here I am feeling this pain, so I receive your healing in the mighty name of Jesus. That's how you deal with it. And when you do that consistently, you'll find that your memories of the circumstances will not bring you pain anymore. And that's how you get to know that you've dealt with bitterness conclusively, okay? So she cried unto the Lord. She released her emotions to God through prayer. She didn't keep her bitter feelings in her heart. She did not keep those feelings in her heart. So God visited her and she conceived and gave birth to the most powerful prophet that ever lived. Remember, bitterness continually reinforced her barren situation. You see, when God wants to use you to give birth to some beautiful things, when God wants to use you to do big and mighty things for him, people will vex you. People will attack you. They'll say negative things about you. They will abandon you. They'll leave you. They'll reject you. People will treat you badly. And that's the enemy's machinations against the future that you have within your mind or within your heart or even in your womb or even as a result of the works of your hand. The devil wants it to be bitter so that you're barren as a business person, so that you're barren biologically, so that you're barren as a musician, so that you're barren as a medical doctor, so that you're, you're barren as a, as a farmer. Your, your produce doesn't really see the light of day. You plant things or you rare animals and they die. The, the reason is because there's bitterness in your heart. And even if one succeeds and they are bitter, they never live long enough to enjoy the fruits of their labor. They die so early in life when others are still enjoying themselves, including those that hurt them. They are continuing to enjoy themselves. So you must get rid of bitterness because bitterness is the devil's way of stopping you from fulfilling that great purpose God created you to fulfill. And this is the reason why Hannah was bitter, Sarah was bitter, Rachel was bitter, Ma Mary and Miriam, both the, those two sisters were bitter. Their brother was leprous. You know, all bitterness is not a good thing. So you've got to release it. You've got to say, okay, Father, I release this bitterness. I bring it to you. I bring it to the cross of Jesus, where the blood of Jesus prevailed. Let the blood of Jesus wash this thing away from me in the mighty name of Jesus. And when you do that, bitterness leaves your heart and you'll give birth 
to those things that were blocked by bitterness. So barrenness that is physical can be caused by bitterness. The inability to conceive can be caused by bitterness. The inability to succeed in business or to succeed in marriage or to succeed in any other thing that you do can be as a result of the bitterness of your heart. So when you release that bitterness, the barrenness goes and you're able to give birth again and you're able to produce that business plan and you're able to make the money you want to make and you're able to be a successful person the way you had planned to succeed. So get rid of the bitterness. So this woman called Hannah got rid of the bitterness and her great destiny came forth. So even when people vex you, even when people pull you down, slander you, talk ill things against you, please don't let it turn into bitterness. Release them, okay? That does not mean that you shouldn't put a stop to certain things. You still have all the authority to abandon people, run away from them, leave them if they are vexing you, exacerbating your difficult situations. It's important for you to place yourself in an environment that is conducive for growth and conducive for spiritual health. And that environment should also be conducive for your physical health, all right? Now, look at what happens. If you pour out your heart before God and you pray in tongues especially, if you go, and you pour out your heart, say, Father, I pour out my heart before you. The pain that's within me, I give to you because Jesus carried all of it on the cross. Everything in me that's contrary to your nature, I renounce it. I let it go. And I forgive so and so. And I forgive this one. And I release this one in the name of Jesus. And I choose, I dare bless them in the mighty name of Jesus because they need your blessing. You see, when you do that, and you pour out your heart before the Lord like that, you will be healed of bitterness. And you'll find your relationships working again. Bitter people are difficult to relate to. They are difficult to love. You love them, they'll turn against you. Even if you do them good, they will do you ill because of their bitterness. They are people who are difficult. They are difficult to trust. When you trust them, they break that trust. You know, they betray you. They cross you. They circumvent you. They, uh, they fight against you. They compete against you unfavorably. That's what bitterness does. It makes people so vicious and so wicked, you know. Wherever such a person is, the environment is tense and people are not free. If you are under a pastor or a minister who is bitter, you'll always find this sense of fear. You cannot openly discuss things with such a minister because they are bitter. The moment they release bitterness like this, the environment becomes attractive and magnetic. You feel like you're coming close to somebody who will understand you. At the same time, you feel like it's okay to leave if you ever want to go. If you ever want to leave the church, if you want to leave the ministry, you don't feel like you're doing something wrong. There's that freedom to go, but bitter people won't let you go. In fact, most of them will curse you on your way out. Bitterness makes people curse rather than bless. But you can get rid of bitterness in the mighty name of Jesus. The book of Psalm 62 verse 8 says, Trust in him at all times, ye people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. Seller, that means pause and think about it. That is a refuge for us if you pour out your heart to him. So don't go pouring out your heart to the person who hurt you. Don't go pouring your heart to someone else that would be gossip unless that person is a counselor that has the wisdom of God to help you reconcile. All right? So Hannah poured out all her bitterness before God. She was honest about her feelings. She did not suppress them. Neither did she indiscriminately 
dish them out. You know, there's certain people who say, okay, let me just get it out of my chest. And they will lecture you and talk and scream at you and bang doors and all that. Then they walk away feeling better. That is called indiscriminate expression of feelings. You need to express your feelings wisely. So instead of going to shout at the person who hurt you, instead of opening up your rifle and shooting them, opening fire against them or instead of physically you know rolling your sleeves and just going to fight them and beat them up instead of doing that you need to pour out that thing before God until you feel better talk in tongues until that dullness goes until that depression lifts talk in tongues until it's gone tongues will help you I promise you it works talk in tongues and cry your tears until you feel better before the Lord. He will heal you because Jesus has been through these things. He understands. You know, the Bible says we do not have a high priest that cannot be touched by the feelings of our infirmities, but was tempted in all points yet without sin. And the Bible says, let us now go boldly to the throne of grace to obtain mercy and to find grace to help in time of need. That's found in the book of uh, Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 16. If you read from 15 to 16, okay? So it's okay. Jesus knows. He understands. Yeah? We have a high priest who is seated in the heavenly places who knows what we've been through. He's able to succor. The Bible says he's able to save to the uttermost those that come to God through him. So he can save you to the uttermost if you let him. But you must pour out your heart towards him. Don't pour out your heart towards any person unless you're going to a mature Holy Spirit filled counselor who will give you the wisdom from the Holy Scripture that helps you reconcile. If any counselor tells you to hate somebody, you are talking to the wrong person. If any counselor tells you to get even or to revenge, you're talking to the wrong person. If any counselor tells you to hate a minister of the gospel, to hate your spouse or something of that sort, if they give you such radical pieces of advice that don't work towards reconciliation and that don't augur well with your healing processes then leave such a place go to a mature person who is patient enough to listen to both sides of the story a mature person that can also tell you that here here i think you're the one who made a mistake and to that extent you need to make amends you need to say sorry or in this particular case i can see it's the so and so who was wrong a person who is balanced who follows the holy spirit and follows the word of god such a person is the one that qualifies to hear you pouring out your heart okay now if you look at what happens this lady goes to ellie the priest and ellie looks at her mumbling because she wasn't speaking loudly she was pouring out her heart like in whispers mumbling before God and expressing her grief and her sorrow and Ellie thought she was drunk and Ellie rebuked her and said look woman put away from you your drunkenness you're in church you're before God why do you drink stop drinking woman stop drinking Hannah stop drinking and Hannah said she didn't get offended by the way the priest lashed out at her. Do you realize that when you're in difficult situations, it's usually people won't understand you. Even the man of God might not understand you. Even the one you went to for help might not understand you. Your family members might not understand you when you're going through a hard situation. When you're feeling unwell, some people might even think you're pretending that you just love attention. There's no pain. Yet you're actually really feeling pain. So you, you, need, to, you need to understand that when things are hard for you, even the ones that might be of help will end up misunderstanding you. Ellie misunderstood this woman, Ellie, Eli, depending on how you pronounce it. He misunderstood the woman, thought she was a drunkard. And then it said in the book of 1 Samuel 1, verse 15 to 16, and Hannah answered and said, No, my Lord, I'm a woman of a sorrowful spirit. I've drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but I've poured out my soul before the Lord. Count not your handmaid for a daughter of Belial. Remember, 
you know, the, the last podcast was talking about Belial. And Belial is the one that makes people drunken and makes people weird and makes people wicked and makes people talk negative things. So this woman says, no, I'm not the daughter of Belial. For out of the abundance of my complaint and grief have I spoken hitherto. And the priest actually blessed her. The guy who thought she was drunk and said, okay, may the Lord give you the desires of your heart. And that's all she needed. You see, so when people misunderstand you during your hard times, please don't let that make you even more bitter. Just forgive, okay? Be, be forgiving. Understand that when things are difficult, when things are going south, everybody might end up turning against you. I've been through these things, I tell you. When things are hard, there was a time I was arrested, I'm telling you, even family members abandoned me. I was abandoned by everybody. It was my wife and I. We just stuck together, the two of us. And the Lord gave us victory. Of course we forgave. We forgave those who falsely accused us and we released and blessed them. And some of them are our best friends today. And they're helping us a great deal in business, especially people who are in government positions. Some police officers are great friends of ours. They help us with investigations whenever we need them. Because, you know, when you're in business, often than, more often than not, you find yourself having to... Uh, report cases of let's say people stealing your property or things like that and sometimes you need certain matters investigated and sometimes you need some forensic help here and there that's how business is you'll always find yourself with police um, and in court with lawyers surveyors especially if you're a person dealing in real estate as we do okay so these people who are once they appeared as if they were enemies because of our forgiveness that we extended towards them. They've now become of great help to us. Of course, not everybody will become your friend, but you need to be a person who releases and blesses. Okay. So this woman, the, the, the Lord opened her womb because she released the bitterness in prayer. Okay. So don't suppress your complaint and grief. It will turn into sickness and, and barrenness. You know, physical, financial, even spiritual barrenness in your body. So let your tears be liquid prayers before God. Let your groans be prayers the Holy Spirit prays on your behalf. The Bible says the Spirit of God prays for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. Romans 8 verse 26 says, In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses, for we do not know how we should pray, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with inexpressible groanings. So those moments when you're crying, oh, 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 and words can't come out it's the spirit of god causing those groans but god being a master communicator will quickly decode those groans and will know exactly what you're praying about some things that you cannot express using words and i'm telling you you'll get your answers so never stop yourself from crying and groaning when you're before the lord okay because that's one way of clearing up bitterness from your heart as you pour it before the lord who is able to take your burdens the bible says cast your burdens unto jesus because he cares for you cast your burdens unto jesus because he cares for you isn't that wonderful so your tears are used as ink to write your prayers in god's book of remembrance god has a book of remembrance and every time you cry in his presence during worship or when you're expressing something that bothers you the angels will come and take your tears remember everything that's physical also has its spiritual aspect so as you cry tears in the spirit the tears are also coming out so the angels will take your spiritual tears and put them in a bottle and they'll take those that bottle before god and god will take that bottle pour it in your book of remembrance and then all the prayers will be written in that book and god will look at them and will give you your answer in the book of psalm 56 verse 8 psalm 56 verse 8 the bible says you have kept count of my wanderings put my tears in your bottle have not you recorded them in your book so your tears are treated as ink 
and with that ink, beautiful words of poetry are written, especially when you're worshiping the Lord. You have many books in heaven if you didn't know that. There's so much that is for you. God loves you. Don't think it's all just hell or all just so difficult. There's so much, there's so much poetry that you've written using your tears in heaven. I tell you, so much beautiful poetry that turns around and becomes wonderful answers to your prayers and a blessing to the generations to come. So God finally opened Hannah's womb and she gave birth. She dropped the bitterness and she got her miracle in 1 Samuel 1 verse 17 to 19. 1 Samuel 1 verse 17 to 19, the Bible says, Then Eli, or Eli, answered and said, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant you your petition that you've asked of him. Verse 18, And she said, Let your handmaid find, find grace in your sight. So the woman went her way and did eat, and her countenance was no more sad. Did you hear that? And they rose up in the morning early and worshipped before the Lord and returned and came to their house to Ramah. And Elkanah knew Hannah, his wife, and the Lord remembered her and she conceived. Of course, she gave birth to Samuel, the great prophet whose word never dropped to the ground, if you remember. Do you notice how the Bible says that she was no more sad? You can make a choice not to be sad. You can make a choice to drop the sadness. Okay. So that's the key to healing and deliverance. Drop the sadness. Get rid of bitterness. Fight any feeling that pulls you down. Pray in tongues as you cry those tears till the heaviness lifts. After that, eat your food and drink your drinks with gladness. Your miracle will manifest speedily if you do so. So when bitterness is left untamed and when it's left to rain, it quickly turns into witchcraft. People will hurt you, but you must not turn that pain into bitterness. Pour it out to God instead. You can also talk to a mature minister, as I mentioned earlier, who might help you get inner healing. So those who practice witchcraft do so because they are bitter about how they were treated by people. People hurt them. They lost businesses and they thought, mm, I need to get even. So that's how you end up in witchcraft, okay? Because bitterness brings desire for revenge, you see. And that's where witchcraft comes in. When you want to revenge, you want to hit back, you want to get even. So when you take judgment into your own hands and you execute your own decree against those that have offended you, you'll have practiced witchcraft. Let God mete out the vengeance. You don't qualify to do so because you don't see the whole picture. Romans 12 verse 19 says, Do not take revenge, dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it's written, Vengeance belongs to me. I will pay them back, declares the Lord. Now, there was a guy called Simon. He was a sorcerer. And he used to bewitch people in Samaria. So one day, Philip goes and preaches there. And people get saved. And Simon the sorcerer also gets saved. And then they were all baptized. And this guy, Simon the sorcerer, used to place demons on people. He used to curse people. He used to cast spells on people. That's what sorcery really is. And when he saw Philip with the superior power, touching people and getting them healed and casting out demons, he got saved. And he also got baptized. So Peter and John were sent from Jerusalem to Samaria when they heard that people were getting saved there and they were getting baptized. So Peter and John began to lay hands on the people and they started talking in tongues. So they were talking these beautiful tongues. And Simon the sorcerer, knowing that there's power in such talk, okay? You remember witches have their tongues too. It's, it's called incantation, yeah? They have the incantations too. They are words that they repeat and words that they speak to give them power, to conjure up power. So he thought, oh my goodness, it's these tongues that's giving this guy's power. And he was right. So he offered Peter money 
And he said, give me this power also so that when I lay hands on people, they may receive tongues. Because this guy was used to placing demons on people. And he thought that he could also place the Holy Spirit on people the same way if he was given money. <laughs> Do you see? So he, he gave money to get the power. And later, of course, he would ask people to give him money so you could give them the same power. Because he thought it's the same way people bewitch. You know, I'll give you the Holy Spirit. You start talking in tongues. You have power and all that and your problems will be over. So Peter rebuked him. Peter said, there's a gall of bitterness in you. That's why you are sorcerer. You're bitter. Release the bitterness. Then the gospel of Jesus will work for you. So in Acts 8 verse 23, the Bible says, Peter rebukes this guy by saying, For I I perceive that you are in the gall of bitterness and in the bond of iniquity. So Peter told him, Put away from, from you that bitterness so that you may be forgiven, so that God can use you. You cannot buy this with money. Bitter people always think it's all about money. In fact, a lot of people are bitter because of financial issues. Somebody failed to pay them. They got bitter. They lost money in an insurance scheme. They got bitter. They went to invest money somewhere and they lost all of it. Maybe you're in cryptocurrency and it all just collapsed. Or you're in the stock exchange and it all collapsed and you got so bitter with the agent or somebody, someone else. Money will cause you to be bitter. Then you swear and you say, I'm going to make so much money. Nobody will mess up with me anymore. So your money is cast just as you are cast. Remember Ananias and Sapphira? They were so rich, yet their money cost them their life because of bitterness. Anyway, this guy, of course, ultimately repented. By the way, he was talking in tongues too because everybody that got baptized that day was also baptized in the Holy Spirit and spoke in other tongues. So bitterness brings bondage, sickness, barrenness, marital problems, financial problems, and it defiles with unclean spirit. Renounce it. Cast it out of your life. Then you will be healed of all manner of ailments and sicknesses. If you read the book of Psalm chapter 14, that's the scripture I read for you in just the previous episode in in this season. Yeah, I think it was episode number 11 or something like that. I need to check. I read for you Psalm 14 where the spirit of Belial is exposed as the one that brings witchcraft and all that. So this Psalm 14 is quoted in Romans 3, verse 13 to 14. Yeah. It talks about bitter people having poison of, of, of a wasp in their lips. And that poison kills. It brings sicknesses. It brings, um, it makes people deceitful and murderous. Yeah. They, it makes people murder with their tongues. You say negative things. And those, remember, death and life are in the power of the tongue. So when you speak negative things, you can bring death upon people. So Romans 3 verse 13 to 14 quotes Psalm 14. And it says, their throat is an open sepulchre, as in when they talk, their mouth is hell itself. Yeah? It's like a grave. With their tongue, they have used deceit. The poison of asps is under their lips, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. You see, this is how witches behave because of bitterness. They curse and they always want to send people to the grave. So bitter people fail of the grace of God and that makes it hard for them to receive healing by grace because all of God's blessings and benefits are acts of grace. So bitterness defiles and the defiled get filled with unclean spirits. Hebrews 12 verse 15 says, looking diligently, looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God. You can fail of the grace of God when you're bitter. Lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, thereby many be defiled. So when you're bitter, the grace of God doesn't work for you. Remember, grace brings salvation. Grace brings healing. Grace brings prosperity. Grace brings peace. Grace, 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 grace. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through knowledge. Grace and peace is multiplied. But if you're bitter, you fail of the grace of God. 
And that's why bitter people love the law. They say, oh, this one was caught in the act of adultery. Stone her. They like to kill people. They like to send people to the grave quickly. You know, they like to release fire and brimstone over people. They like to, to um, attack anyone that they think has made some mistake. If they find somebody who was divorced and that person is happy to get married again, they say, hey, Jesus said, you must not get married if you are divorced. See, that's a sign of bitterness. There's bitterness in your heart. You have not understood the grace of God. You have failed of the grace of God, you see. So the cure for bitterness is forgiveness. Forgiving doesn't mean condoning bad behavior, no. Forgiveness simply means releasing the person so that they are no longer accountable for your suffering anymore in the future. You stop carrying them on your back. Forgiveness is cutting off the power you've given to the person who's hurt you to continue hurting you so that every time you meet them, you feel pain all over again. When you forgive them and you release them, you cut off that soul tie. There's a negative soul tie that the devil uses to fill you with the demon Belial spirits, called Belial spirit. So when they feel low, you feel low as well. When they feel angry, you feel angry. When they feel afraid, you feel afraid because there's a soul tie, a connection between you and them. And that connection is what is used as a conduit to transport demonic spirit, especially Belial, to pull you down. When you forgive, you cut off all those connections, okay? You completely disable their Wi-Fi that they used to reach out to you so that they can impart upon you negative emotions, negative feelings, including death and sickness and all the crazy things combined. So you need to forgive and release your feather, okay? Don't hold on to the pain because Jesus carried your sorrows on the cross. You don't need to carry any sorrows anymore. You need to let go, okay? You can forgive your ex and move on with life without being bitter. It, you can even take somebody to court because seeking recourse, recourse is not a sign of unforgiveness. Recourse is looking for help. If somebody has taken your car and they're not releasing it, you don't have to be bitter against them. You can take them to court so that you recover your car. But suing them does not mean you're bitter. It means you're looking for recourse. You're looking for help. And you have all the rights to get help from your government. If somebody's blocking your parking, you can report them to the authorities. But don't be bitter against them. You report them, you you know, you go to court for recourse. Once you have got your help, just move on with life. If they if you meet them in the supermarket or in any place where people meet, you can just hug them, it's okay. You know, you can greet them, it's alright. You don't have to be bitter against them. You don't have to say, I'll never talk to you again, and all those things. No, you can still talk to people, you can still greet people, even after you sue them. They need to know that suing them is a legal matter, it's not something personal. Yeah. You, they need to know that leaving an abusive relationship is for your benefit. It, you're not taking anything personally. And you can actually forgive that abusive spouse, but not be married to them anymore. You see, so bitterness is not the same as just, you know, sitting there and, and not taking action. Yeah, Bitterness is that hard, negative, uh, fermented, resentment that has stayed in your system until it's become rotten. That's what bitterness is. Resenting somebody for so long and giving them so much power over your emotions, over your life. They appear when you're eating and you lose appetite. Imagine giving somebody power over your appetite. So renounce the bitterness, release it, but you can still love the person from a distance. You don't have to go back to them. Okay, I hope that helps you. Alright, so don't let bitterness rule you forgive and bless. Release and move on. You'll get rid of sickness and disease if you do so. Ephesians 4 verse 31 to 32 says, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. 
And be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. You see, bitterness is something you can let go of. All right? If somebody is messing up, they owe you money and they're refusing to pay, don't get bitter. Just sue them. Take them to court so they can pay you the money and then forgive and bless them. You have your money back. All right? When you meet them three or four months later, you can still say hello. Yeah? Don't say, oh, I don't want to see this person because I'm feeling bitter against them. No. Renounce the bitterness. Renounce it. Pour out your heart before God. Tell the Lord, this person has refused to pay me. So the only recourse I can take, the only action I can take right now is to get debt collectors to help me recover my money. That's how it's done. And don't let somebody tell you, oh, you're a Christian, you're not supposed to act like that. Who told you that Christians cannot go to government for recourse? When the Pharisees messed with Paul, he went to Caesar. He went to court and he sued his own church. He sued the Pharisees. He sued the children of Abraham because they were messing with his freedoms, his fundamental freedoms. So as a child of God, you still need to know your rights. You need to know your legal rights. You need to know when people are infringing on your rights and you can sue them without being bitter. Okay? Processes do not mean you're bitter. If you take somebody through a process, it does not mean that you're bitter. If somebody's beating you up every night and you take them through a divorce process, that's not a sign of bitterness. It's a sign of wisdom. You're taking yourself away from a place where you are totally messed up. The bitterness will increase. Okay? Glory to God. Wonderful. So if there's any sickness in your body that came as a result of bitterness, say, I renounce bitterness in Jesus' name. Having renounced bitterness, and if you can mention names of the people you're bitter against, you can say, I renounce the bitterness I've held or the resentment I've held against so on, so on. So in the name of Jesus, you don't have to do it all the time. You do it only once. Or if you still have bitterness against somebody and you remember, renounce that when you remember. You don't have to do it all the time. After that, receive healing. I release grace for your healing. Remember, bitterness makes you fail of the grace of God. But now I release grace into your life for healing in Jesus' name. Be healed in the mighty name of Jesus. Let all sickness and disease leave your body right now in the mighty name of Jesus. It is done. If this message has blessed you, ladies and gentlemen, then subscribe and then share with your friends. You can also visit us on Apostle Joseph Hell on Facebook page, on Instagram, on YouTube. If you look for Apostle Joseph Hell you'll find wonderful teachings on Facebook, on YouTube, on Instagram, on Twitter. Okay, just look for Joseph Helen, Apostle Joseph Helen, and you'll be blessed tremendously. And share this with your friends. And by the way, listen to these things over and over again, even 20 times. Once is not enough. Two is not enough. Three times is not enough. Listen until you can teach it. Listen until it becomes part and parcel of your mindset, your psyche, your phronesis, your mindset. Okay. All right. And then also, Give us some um, beautiful rating there. And you can also talk to us, you know. Give us a testimonial. Um, record a message and send. I'll respond to you. i respond to everybody. Glory to God. I love you so much. If you're listening to me and you're not saved, you don't know Jesus, your Lord and Savior, please say this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe in you. I believe that you're the Son of God. I believe that you died on the cross for my sin and rose for my justification. I receive into my heart as my Lord and Savior. I receive eternal life into my spirit. I'm now saved. I'm born from above. Glory to Jesus. If you've said that prayer, now you're a child of God. I love you guys so very much. I look forward to talking to you again in the next episode. My name is Joseph Helen. Bye-bye.